Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae is returning record amounts of money to Mississippians, whether it's through the College and Career Savings Program or the millions in unclaimed money awaiting your claim. Treasurer David McRae says get your application and claims today. Treasury.ms.gov. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us too. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. You'll see I have a full house today, which always makes my heart so happy because we're here to talk about probably the most sacred week of the whole year which is Holy Week. We've got with us Noah, Steve, and Ben with Pine Lake Church. And welcome, guys. Hey, Rebecca. It's good to have you in <laughs> yeah. here. And full disclosure, I work out with these gentlemen every morning, too, so it's neat to see them all bathed in normal <laughs> clothes and, you know, uh, here in the studio. But this is exciting. So for Christians, this is the week. This is the week that without this week, nothing else would right. necessarily really matter. So, see, we're going to start with you. When you think of Holy Week, when someone says, ah, What's the significance of that entire week? How do you respond? I love that question because for me personally, it's everything. It's really my purpose for living. It's why I have hope. It's why I have a life because of what Christ Jesus did for us in his life, the way he loved us, the way he died upon the cross to pay the price of our sins. And because he lives, he gives us hope. And for me, that happened at 21 years old where I became a Christ follower in my relationship with Christ. And so it's changed everything in my heart. And this was a big week, right, for Jesus when That's he right. was walking on on uh, planet Earth. I mean, a lot of went down. It was a heavy week for him. We're moving into Good Friday, which is really odd that it has the name Good Friday because it was a rough day for him. That's right. um, but this whole week has significance. So, Ben, when we think about Holy Week, when does it actually start? I mean, I know our weeks are Monday through or Sunday through Sunday or whatever, but when does Holy Week celebration actually begin? Yeah, so with the beginning of the week on um, Monday when Jesus would have come in uh, on a donkey into Jerusalem, ironically to the same people that we would represent tomorrow uh, that would say crucify him. They were saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so Monday, uh, Jesus is a hero as he's walking the streets or riding the streets on the back of a donkey uh, into the same people that would ultimately betray him later on. So that's Monday. Yeah. No, we're going down our Bible list. So <laughs> Tuesday, on. what would have been the next? Because the whole week is full of just very specific, and it may not be down to the day, but after that, there's significant sort of things without the week that happen or instances and events that lead us up to Good Friday and then ultimately Easter Sunday. So what else was going on this week? I guess, what, 2,000 years ago, Noah? Yeah, uh, 2,000 years ago, something <laughs> like that. Um, so I'm not sure if there's anything specifically on Tuesday. Don't but worry, I know did he get a rest day? It, uh, I'm, I'm not <laughs> well, sure, to be honest. I don't well, have to talk about that. See? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let me help you a little bit. Yeah, come on. I'm not sure about Tuesday. I can tell you about Friday. <laughs> no, I mean, he, he triumphal entry on Sunday yeah. and then cleared the temple on Monday. Everybody knows that story from childhood. You know, we mm-hmm. cleared the temple. 
Then on Tuesday, he taught again in the temple and began to cause some tension because he began to, you know, hey, I am God. I'm the one that you're reading about in Isaiah. And so a lot of heat began to to be focused upon Christ Jesus. And, uh, you know, he he took all of that, you know, because of his love for us. And so on Tuesday um, in the temple teaching and then on Wednesday, kind of a silent Wednesday where we're not really sure what he did. But he um, we believe that he took time to step away to rest and to uh, to be with his disciples. That's right. Before Thursday, which all we you know we know it's the Last Supper and uh, the washing of the disciples' feet, which leads us up to Friday. You know, Good Friday tomorrow. You know, and they say it escalated quickly. Mm-hmm. It escalated quickly that yeah. week, right? Like, but it was always coming. And you know, we all, he always knew that there was going to be the end. But yet, everyone who chose to follow uh, didn't necessarily understand it or, mm-hmm. or sort That's of right. grappled with it. You know, and as believers, if we put ourselves in their position, mm-hmm. two thousand plus whatever years mm-hmm. ago, it's always humbling to me to think because if you took the, the the greatest person in your life now, whether that's a parent or a sibling mm-hmm. or a mentor or something, and then think what they would be thinking to know that at the end of the week that they were going to be watch them be you know crucified and lost what that would feel like because we get the benefit of knowing how the story ends in this way and so sometimes making it personal can really put it in into perspective so for steve you know you've been a believer for probably longer than some of us here have been been a bit of a that was in terms of noah but um and the rest of us he's the baby in the in the group that's fine though um how do you keep it the significance of it and i think to us listening um who have been through the motions of easter every year right like how do you keep it special how do you keep the significance of it um relevant so you remember and so it's not just going through the motions that's a, that's a great question because even this week trying to prepare for services this weekend we tried to make it real personal don't let this become work or just something you prepare for uh for a lot of people what does it mean to you personally? And for me, Rebecca, when I was 21 at Southern Miss Junior, when I became a Christ follower, uh, my life was a wreck. You'd look outwardly, and I had lots of friends, good grades. We'll see more of the mascot at Southern Miss for football and basketball in a fraternity. Outwardly, everything was perfect. But when I would go into my dorm, a bond hall, fourth floor, just broken. No hope, no joy, no assurance of where my life would would be spent eternally. And so when I became a Christ follower, I learned real quickly that there was a void in my heart that only Christ could fill. And so when I turned from my sins and placed my faith and trust in Christ alone as my Savior, it brought a, a peace to my life, a hope to my life, a meaning to my life, a purpose that I'd never had before. And it's almost like anxiety and worry and things I couldn't control and didn't matter anymore because Christ brought me peace. So now years later, like you emphasize, a lot of years later, 20, 23, 24 years, really, I've been a Christ follower. My life has not been perfect. When I make mistakes, and I do, man, there's a grace that I have from Christ. And I'm learning, and I've learned that this is not about being religious. It's not about being you know, good. It's about having a relationship with Christ. That's what keeps it special is that it's truly a relationship that I've learned Christ gave his life for me to take part of. And so it is it is very personal. It's not just a bunch of people or dressing up for Easter. It's about celebrating the one who gave his life 
that I could have life. Sure. You know, no, I was picking on you the fact you are the youngest in the bunch um, <laughs> yes. in this room. Um, but you're also, in terms of your maturity and following Christ, you're leaps and bounds and probably some of us in this room around uh, your age. And mm-hmm. it's refreshing to sort of see. And I think that it's also a reminder to us that there is a generation coming behind us. We were the generation coming behind our grandparents. And so at your age, in the sort of state where we are right now in terms of just uh, everyone feeling hopeless or a lot feeling hopeless, what does Easter represent to you and maybe your generation? Well, I, I think that's a really good question, Rebecca, because for the longest time growing up, Easter was just about, I don't know, Easter eggs and candy and all kinds of stuff that it was. It never really meant anything important to me until I was older and I understood what Jesus going up on the cross and dying for me really meant. Because a lot similar to Steve, I really didn't start following Jesus until I was in college. So I lived a majority of my life kind of living through the motions of I went to church on Sundays and Wednesday nights and I, I did these things that made me, quote unquote, you know, a good Christian. But I wasn't actually following what Jesus has called me to do, which is to go and make disciples of all nations. And I wasn't doing those things. And so when I got to college and realized, man, there's people my age in their 19, 20, 21 that are really sold out and following the Lord, that was when I realized, wow, like – what Jesus did on the cross really means something to younger people because I thought for the longest time, man, that's just for people Steve's age or for Ben's age or whoever. That's just older people. I'll get there when I get there. But when I was in my 20s and realized there's people right here right now that are changing the world in their early 20s, I realized, man, that's something I want to be a part of. And so now when I see Easter, especially at church like Pine Lake, where we're a pretty young church, I mean, we've got a lot of older folks, got some younger folks, but we've got a lot of people in the middle. I think, man, now's not the time to wait. Now's not the time to be, you know, in your 20s and still living a life that glorifies yourself. Now is the time to move forward and to step into what God is calling you to do. And I think Easter is the perfect time to do that because Easter is a celebration of what Jesus did when he went on on that cross, died for us so that we don't have to live in that turmoil that Steve was talking about that he lived with his entire college life. And so I know a lot of people that are my age. They're just thinking, man, down the road, I'll follow Jesus then when I'm 30 and I have kids and I'm married. But now's the time to start following the Lord. And so if you can come join us, Pine Lake, on Easter, Mm -hmm. you'll be able to hear more about that story and what has changed my life, too, at such a young age. You bring up a good point. Uh, Pine Lake on Easter, you guys have multiple campuses throughout the state Mm -hmm. um, and it's probably times. So, uh, Ben, do you know, uh, I know your locations and then the times for the Easter service? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got uh, five physical locations and certainly Church online now in this current world that we're living in, uh, and services on Saturday and on Sunday. Uh, all of our campuses will have um, at least one service on Saturday and three, at least three on Sunday. But I can give you the rundown. In Clinton on Saturday, uh, it'll be a six thirty p.m. start. On Sunday, it'll be eight, nine thirty, and eleven. In Madison, it's a uh, six thirty p.m. Saturday Saturday service, and on Sunday, same thing, eight, nine thirty, and eleven. Same's true in Oxford up in North. Mississippi, 6.30 p.m. on Saturday, Sunday 8, 9.30, and 11. The same is true with Startville. And then at the Reservoir, we do something a little different. We will have a 3.30 and a 5 p.m. service on Saturday, 8, 9.30, and 11, and then a 10.15 option, all with live teaching and live worship in all of them. And you can join in online at any of those times as well, all throughout the, uh, across the state of Mississippi. All right. Stick with us, though. we got more with the boys from Pine Lake coming up next.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, feeling good, like I should, when in Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, you can watch us. We are on computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. We're continuing our conversation with Noah, Steve, and Ben. They're with Pine Lake Church, which has locations all throughout the state as we celebrate Holy Week, which is leading up to the biggest church attendance day of the year, which is uh, Easter. So from a church perspective, I mean, this is like y'all's Super Bowl in terms of folks sure. getting up, you know, and coming out. And even if, and I always know, like, being, uh, you know, connected to several different churches, depending on where my husband and I have lived, um, knowing that from the church, you really look at it as that opportunity to welcome in folks who may have, you know, not have been coming uh, consistently for that specific day. So from that, like, what is that message to the person listening, uh, Steve, that may haven't been to church in a while, may listening to you here on Good Things and thinks, you know what? Easter sort of motivates us to tune in, but I feel like, you know, it's been too long. What do you say to that? I love that. And I'm going to tell you, um, the truth about who Pine Lake is is the fact that everybody's welcome. And I know a lot of people say that, but we're a place where belonging is important. And as I grew up, I could think that belonging at a church meant you you did the right parts, you, you, you were religious or good. And we're just a bunch of people at, at church at Pine Lake that all have broken places, that have all made mistakes, and we're just loving life because God has given us grace. It starts with our pastor, Chip. He is so authentic um, as he teaches the Word of God, and he uses his life as one of the best, best illustrations of where God has just been overly gracious and generous to him. And so it starts there where when you come to Pine Lake, you realize, hey, nobody's perfect here. Nobody's trying to be, and you're accepted your whole story is accepted, meaning the good parts of your story, the tough places where we all made mistakes. It doesn't matter because everybody's on the same journey of just striving um, to rest and, and the love that God has for us that's not dependent upon being good, doing right, and, and looking the part. And so when someone comes to Pine Lake, I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised that, hey, these are just normal people, and I can fit in here, and I can feel safe here, and not feel like I'm going to be judged or condemned or, or preached at with hellfire and brimstone, that's not who we are. And, and so I, I think they would feel real comfortable there. And I think, you know, every Easter it comes around, and it feels like at least for the last couple of years, we had like kind of a spare year after the pandemic, and then you hit this Easter, and it just feels like, man, there's just so much weighing on our world right now. There's just so much hurt, and there's so much sadness. Every time you turn on the news, it's just bad headline after bad headline. And then now our own family here in Mississippi and Rolling Fork and Silver, uh, Silver and all of Amory. You know, it's like, how do you look to Easter as hope? How do you look to it as something to smile about? And so, Ben, for those that are just really hurting and just feel, and they've lost everything, how can they still find hope in Easter? Yeah, Rebecca, I heard a friend of mine say the other day, uh, not only do we want to be the hands and feet where they could see God, but also that they would feel a tap on their shoulder that says, hey, we see you. Uh, and we want to be that. Uh, I know we're not, I know Pine Lake's not the only church that wants to be that, uh, for our friends that are hurting in North Mississippi and all throughout the Delta. But we want people to know that, uh, man, you're still breathing and God still has a plan for your life and He is still for you. And there is no better opportunity, uh, than to tune into this story, right? The greatest story ever told. Uh, it's timely in a, in a, in a moment of tragedy, in a season of tragedy, even over the last couple of weeks. 
that that there would be hope in this next story. And yeah, maybe we can. Maybe we could just be a, a people that that those would that would be hands and feet to show others that hey, you're seen, you're known, you're loved, and we could then go be that physically, but also spiritually for them. One of my favorite stories that came out after I think it was the Sunday after the storms. It was First Baptist Rolling Fork, and we had them here on Good Things too. They showed up for service, and then people came out yeah. right. And it's like you know when the when you hit rock bottom, whatever that looks like, and that can mean a lot of th- different things for a lot of different people. There is that awakening that you need something higher or greater, sort of than yourself. And sure. I think right now the people sort of need the church, and the church has sort of showed up and showed out in so many um, different ways. Right. And Noah, when you think about you need the church, you see you there's so many different ways you can put that into perspective. But for those listening this Easter, how can you be the church to maybe your neighbors or to your community by inviting them in? Or maybe what does that look like to you during the season? Well, I think uh, being the church in general has a lot to do with a word that we like to throw around a lot at Pine Lake. It's called community. And so I think uh, God calls us oftentimes in Scripture to do a lot of things. And one thing that people overlook is that God calls us to live in community with other believers around us. I, for a long time, when I first became a Christian, I thought, man, i got to cut out everyone in my life. i got to find people that can only teach me things, show me things, grow me in certain ways. And I was lonely. And so for the longest time, I lived such a lonely life to where I couldn't find the people that would give me great community. And so one thing at Pine Lake is invite people to come and join you to wherever church you are. It doesn't have to be Pine Lake Church, but inviting people to come and be a part of something so much bigger than them allows them to feel like a part of a community. And there's so many people out there that right now who are alone, who are thinking that they don't have any friends, their family may have passed away or moved off somewhere, and they're alone. And there's often times where we can invite them to come into places like a Pine Lake Church or invite them to your bridge club or whatever other now things you, you do. Now you just aged yourself. <laughs> My mom played a lot of bridge, and so we always have people around like, playing bridge. What grandparent did I'm you grow up with? I'm Googling bridge right now. Bridge. <laughs> I grew up with the card tables out because my granny had her bridge friends over. I was like, you had a granny or a mother who played <laughs> who uh, played bridge. But no, you bring up a beautiful point, and I think, too, it's just meeting a need. And when in time is a crisis, which Mississippi does so well, and we've heard countless stories of, of people just you know going to the delta meeting their needs or even here in jackson with the water crisis and it doesn't take a crisis it's you know every day i mean steve life's just hard it It didn't take a tornado to come and take everything away to recognize that there's so many that are living with burdens that are that are unseen but i think that to me easter reminds us that even when we don't share or show our deepest burdens someone saw and went to the cross anyway and i think you know when it when you sort of think about like you were seen before, you know, regard to me, that's that's what Easter's all about. I agree. I agree. In that way. Okay. What happens Sunday? Sunday's a happy day. Friday, good Friday for us, but for not for everybody involved. Um and then you have Saturday, but what is Sunday? Why do we celebrate Sunday? Sunday is the day that we celebrate that our Savior lives. He went to the grave for three days and by the power of God on Sunday he arose. And he arose, and when he came back to life by the power of God, it gave us victory, victory over our sin that it, that it held us captive. It gave us victory over, over death that was trying to withhold us from, from taking part in all that God has for us eternally. And when Christ arose, he overcame sin and death. And for us then, that is victory, but today it is victory. When we all became Christ's followers in our lives, there was salvation that happened in that moment. 
But salvation is not just in that moment for the day you die. It is for the right now that when storms, physical storms in North Mississippi and the Delta or when relational storms happen or just battles that only you know about on your own, there is a Savior who sees you. There's a Savior who loves you. And there's a Savior that whispers, hey, I am with you. You're not alone. And together we're going to make it through, whatever your storm may be. And that is the hope we have because that tomb is empty. I love the cross, but the cross without an empty tomb would not be complete. It is interesting that Christians wear a torture device around their neck, Absolutely. right? Like, but, and I, <laughs> that sounds creepy. But, uh, but we, you know, but we celebrate it because it couldn't hold, hold them down, right? right? It was overcome in sort of that way. And you wouldn't have been able to do that without the tomb being empty. Okay. There's, Ben, there's probably going to be folks who aren't able to make a service, but there are, or there still have a lot of questions. If someone is wrestling or sad or just needs someone to reach out to, what do you what do you say? Is there somewhere to call? Is there a way to connect? Is there how do you, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, I would say practically go to our website pinelake.org. You can get all the service times and locations and information. I'll take it even a step further because I know that we kind of stop at Jackson, and if you go further south and you're statewide, Rebecca, my goodness, call the church office if you're in South Mississippi. Well, if you find somewhere, right? We want everybody to experience this hope. It's not just about who could come in Jackson or Madison or Clinton or Starville or Oxford. Uh, We would love to have you and be honored to have you, but we want to help connect people to life in Jesus uh, as a whole, and Sunday's a great opportunity to do that. Uh, As Noah said just a minute ago, uh, you're going to have folks that are walking through neighborhoods inevitably almost in every community across the state of Mississippi, and if 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 you're hesitant, if you're apprehensive in this moment, I would say just try to let your guard down and just give it a shot. Uh, I believe that uh, that God's people are their best when they're more involved in it. And so really, really excited about what's ahead. Hey, tell them about the opportunity to text pray. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, so we do. We have a a, a, a number that uh, we just we, we have folks that are waiting to receive prayer requests. You can text pray to five seven five 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 wherever you are, uh, right here and right now. And there's somebody even waiting right now by that line. If you if you have a prayer request or a prayer need, Rebecca, just as you said that, um, folks that just need someone, right? It's completely anonymous or as or as uh, personal as you need it to be. Uh, but just to say, hey, I'm struggling and I need somebody to see me. Uh, we want to be a people at Pine Lake that say, hey, we see you and we're for you all righty well i am so excited thank you guys for your time i appreciate that happy easter is that how you say happy easter it's merry christmas happy (laughs) Happy it's not like there should be a different celebration sort of response to that uh but thank you for your time all right you guys stick with us we got movies with tanya coming up next patient love is kind love is all we really got never fails never leaves Faith, open love, and the greatest of these is love, people, love, people. We all need love, people. Underneath the surface, everybody's the same. Everything that could divide us, can we all set that aside and just love, people, love, people. We all need love, people. love is Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
I scared you. <laughs> Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, you can find us on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. But Rhino, because it's not Friday, because we're going to have time to celebrate Good Friday with our families tomorrow here at Super Talk. So we got Tanya in the house today for Thursday for movie reviews. And Rhino always sets us up with the music that is probably connected to but this one i know everybody knows that sound everybody yeah, knows the yeah. mario sort of intro or sound it's not exactly mm-hmm. a do 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 and so he's got a big weekend or he came out thursday yeah yeah so you can go see it now um yeah super mario is a big thing at my house when my kids were a little bit younger but one year they dressed up as mario and luigi and it was adorbs um, yeah <laughs> But I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but uh, it's going to be the big one this weekend. Mm -hmm. It's rated PG. Um, You know, the Nintendo company joined forces with Illumination, who brought us all the good stuff, Minions and Despicable Me, all of that. And so, anyway, it's uh, the merging of two great entities to make this movie. Um, And the director is... um, connected to Teen Titans, that animated series. So um, I, I have nothing but high hopes for it. Of course, Chris Pat, Pratt is the voice of Mario. Lots of big voices in the movie. Um, Fred Armisen is in it as um, Cranky Kong. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key, who does no wrong, he is Toad. Charlie Day plays Luigi. And Jack Black is Bowser, so a lot oh, of a lot cast. of good people. Yeah, yeah. Are they taking? Is this the first Mario movie? You know, I'm late to the movie game because I know you have Sonic. I'm wondering, did they take after Sonic to sort of try? Ryan is laughing at me. No, there was a a very bad Mario movie that came out in the early '90s, starring well, John Leguizamo and. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot it about that. Bad. It had Dennis Hopper as Koopa. Yeah, and he wasn't a big scary dinosaur looking dude he was just a guy with a bad haircut (laughs) yeah my niece was into it back in that day and i unfortunately watched it i remember that now so this is there trying to reset like redo it in a in a better in a better format i gotcha well i know my kids excited yeah and my whole family we will go see it and i I really feel like it's going to do really great this weekend there's another one that's probably not going to do as great but it's probably still pretty good it's called paint and it's loosely based on or inspired by bob ross um it's about a public access television uh, or um painter who his world turns upside down when a younger version of him comes along and tries to steal everything from him. Um, and Owen Wilson plays the the main character named Carl. So I think it's going to be one of those kind of fun ones to watch, you know. And Bob Ross has made a comeback. I mean, even though he's passed away, I remember when I was a kid, my mother loved to watch him. She liked to paint, and she would watch him and do. You know, the sad thing is, he sold the rights to his name. Oh no! I watched a whole documentary on it, and so his family doesn't get any of the money from oh, it. Oh, that's really sad because his. Well, I would never everywhere. buy the pit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they are there. I mean, they're, who, whomever owns the right, they are bringing Bob Ross back. Yeah, for sure. He's everywhere. Yeah. Even my kids know who he is, which just blows my mind. Um, but the the other big release this weekend that I did go see is Air. Um, this is the movie about 
Nike's partnership with Michael Jordan. It is rated R. Lots of F bombs. I mean, I just, I remember turning to my husband after it started. It's unnecessary. And I'm like, why do we have to do this? And I know it's, they're just trying to keep it real, I'm sure. And I'm sure that's, I mean, it's a, a group of athletic men. So, I mean, you know, it's probably <laughs> what yeah. really happened. But the cool thing about this movie, we all know clearly it's a story of, you know, the, the development deal that Nike struck with Michael Jordan back in the day. But we all know how it turns out because clearly that's like the domination. Uh, Decades later and they're still overpriced and wanted. Yeah, exactly. But this movie had me on the edge of my seat. Like what, what's going to happen? Even though, you know, but it's really fun. It's a big love letter to the eighties. Fun to go back and see all of the, the fashion and the computers and, um, I think Mario may even be in a, a lot of some video games and that kind of thing. But it's, you know, it's hard to imagine a world where Nike wasn't as dominant as it is now. But at this time, they were number three. Um, I think number one was either Adidas or Converse and the other was number two. And then Nike was number three and they had no very little market share in the basketball world. And so they were really looking at just folding it, crumbling it, and just moving on because they had all kinds of Olympians. They were known for their running shoes and that kind of thing. But they had one shot, a budget of $250,000, and do what you can to try to save this division of our company. And so one of their executives named Sonny, played by Matt Damon, who is fantastic in this movie um he is watching footage i mean he just eats and breathes basketball and he watches him and just based on his body language during a game-winning shot when he's in college he says this guy's it he's going to be the next big thing and so they put all of their cards on him and of course it paid off but one of the fun things, Michael Jordan's not really involved in this movie, but Ben Affleck directed it, and he plays the the owner, the the founder of Nike. Um, but he was like, I can't make this movie unless I get Michael Jordan's blessing, you know. So he meets with him, and Michael liked the idea. He said he only had two conditions. One was that Viola Davis plays his mom, which was a great call. And the other that one of the executives at Nike, who was not in the original script, he wanted him in there um, because he was a played a pivotal role in his signing with Nike and then the subsequent relationship. So anyway, um, when Viola is on screen, I mean, it's just magic. And then she and Matt Damon together, um, he kind of goes his character uh just shows up at her house to just talk to her because at this point Michael had no interest in Nike and he was trying his best to change that and so um anyway their conversation it was like watching just the most beautiful dance you've ever seen i just so good and her real life husband plays her husband in the movie which i thought was really cool um 
So, um, just stellar cast. Aside from the, you know, the F word being thrown around, there's one scene where Michael's agent gets upset with Matt Damon's character, Sonny, and he goes on a rampage. And when that starts, I would say run outside for about three minutes (laughs) and come back in. (laughs) But other than that, it was just a perfect movie. And it actually today was announced that it earned the Critics' Choice Seal of Distinction. And those aren't handed out very often. So um, that just tells you what how good. I love finding those sort of side stories to stories we already know and sort yeah. of sharing those because I, I, I would say that's probably a very interesting. And kudos to not doing just a documentary. I think yeah. it's neat to make it into something like that. And the other thing that I thought was really interesting about it is the way they depict Michael in the movie. They show real-life footage of him. Now, when this movie starts, he is in college and has already been drafted by the Bulls, but nobody had a clue what he was going to be. And this guy just saw something that only, he says, only he and his mother knew was coming. And... um it was just, yeah, I don't know. It was done a little differently than a lot of the biopics you've seen. Well, this really isn't a biopic because it's not about Who him. Who plays Michael? Well, I don't know. And the interesting thing about it is he's really not in the movie other than the scenes. Um, he's, you'll see him in the background or walking through the room or the back of his head when he's shaking somebody's hand, but he never really speaks. And so, when the movie was over, I asked my husband, I said, I wonder if that was like a real actor or if it was just somebody that was tall. <laughs> they just said, hey, you want to come? Could you imagine like, that being the um, you you getting cast as Michael Jordan and you don't have to say anything and it's like you get the role of a lifetime? I know. You put that on your resume? I, I played know. Michael Jordan? But I spoke, thought it was but... really cool the way they did it. And um, anyway, yeah, just stellar cast. Oh, um, Jason Bateman is in it. And, you know, Jason always has a 70s look, I mean, 80s look about him anyway. And so he really pulls it off in this movie. Um, so Christmas Cena plays that agent that I was talking about that's got a vulgar mouth. Um, but anyway, just great, all, all acting great, great script, just a really fun insight to, to what happened. All right. You got options this weekend if you want to get out and see a movie, but I'm sure the families will be packed in going to see Mario. Yes. I think that'll be a good time. Thank you, Tanya. And stick with us. We got a little bit more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Well, 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. You can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And today is the last day that you can find registration boxes across the state for Morgan Wallen, who is coming to Oxford in late April. And we are trying to give you two sweet seat tickets to see him on April the 23rd at Balt Hemingway Stadium. And you can go by Southern Business Supply Meridian, Sills Tire at Auto and Gulfport. you got Hamilton Nutrition and Hamilton. And there's a few more out there. Well, there's plenty more. You only got a few more hours, I think is what I'm trying to say. So you can go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen if you haven't had a chance to do that. It is brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughter Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Rhino, have we heard how anything will go down tomorrow with it being Good Friday? Or are they waiting till next week? Or do we know when the winner I will be? I think we're going to find out the winner next week. Gotcha. Cool. All right. And if you don't hear from anybody, you didn't win. <laughs> it's kind usually of, the way it goes. Usually how the way it goes. You know, they say no news is good news. Not in this respect. So I think this would be one over the next couple of days. If you see an odd number, it might be a good chance to to answer it if if you have registered uh, registered for it. So I'll be sure. To, and I'm sure all the details are over at supertalk.fn slash Morgan Wallen. So it is Easter weekend. Thinking back over your childhood, this is the one holiday where the not the main character, because that's Jesus. He hasn't changed. So I don't want to say that. But the the secular main character, which be the bunny, has had a massive transformation over several decades some of you kids who were kids or had kids in the late 70s early 80s and 90s you start whipping out those uh easter bunny photos to scare your now grandchildren with and you start to wonder what kind of parent you were for taking your kids and sitting them on the lap of such a monster i just wonder who decided that the easter bunny as a caricature should have a little vest it seems like every Easter bunny has a brightly colored vest. That's the only article of clothing they own. That is true, because you'd hate for the bunny to be naked. I mean, that would be odd. But the bunny right. Does, but the, <laughs> the bunny lays eggs, but that's the odd part. But does, but has it ever been in the, the Easter bunny fable? I don't remember being taught that the bunny lays the eggs. I just remember being taught that the eggs come with the bunny. <laughs> so is there a is there a chicken that's like best you know, besties with the Easter bunny that is just sort of behind the scenes that sort of helps make Easter magic. Or are they more than besties if they're laying eggs? Oh, that's weird. That's now we're going down a different path. <laughs> no, the the whole association with bunnies and eggs and pastel colors and stuff does come from the fact that it is spring. You have new life, new growth, and the egg is pretty much a universal symbol of new life. Yes, and the bunny, I guess, just made sense, and then it morphed into what it is. Now, when I think of Easter bunnies or Easter site, whatever, in movies, still Magnolias, it's the scene where she, the at the very end, and it's like Easter, and then the baby's coming, and the Easter bunny takes off his hat and gets on the lawnmower, <laughs> gets on a motorcycle, <laughs> and rides off. You haven't ever seen it, have you? I've seen it. I've seen it twice, if if memory serves me correctly, once all the way through and once in bits and pieces. I think I've actually seen the play more than I've seen the movie. It's one of just the, when you think of Bunny, then that is sort of what, what comes up. I need, who plays Bad Santa? What's his name? Billy Bob Thornton. We need a Easter rendition. 
I feel like there needs to be a sequel to it. I thought Bad Bunny was a singer. I feel like Bad Bunny's a different kind of movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't want to say that out loud. So we'd have to come up with (laughs) a completely different title for for that. But I feel like he would make a great disgruntled bunny. Or it could be like talking about taking uh, Pooh Bear and all them and making it into sort of a horror flick, you could easily do that with the Easter Bunny. I feel like of all the, the uh, I guess, mascots for holidays, the Easter Bunny's the quickest to have a dark side. Yeah, a bottomless bunny wearing a, a vest bringing eggs to you is a, a bit creepy when you put it like that. Bubba from Meridian, the pagan religions had eggs as fertility. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely significance uh sort of to it and it's fun i think hiding the eggs is a fun so i I look i'm just glad we don't have to go through the whole big massive present buying thing as we do like for the other sort of no you just need an el cheapo basket a dollar's worth of that green stuff you put in the bottom of it and then all the candy that you can fit in there that you can't you'll be you'll be vacuuming up for the rest for the next 360 something days and there will be ham we didn't even add in the the pig to the mix. You have bunnies, you have chickens, you have pigs. Well, the egg for the chicken is nothing more than a day's work. The ham for the pig is a uh, lifelong commitment. <laughs> we are committed to sharing the good things with you here on Super Talk. You got more coming up next. You got the boys with Sports Talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here at 2, but until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.